Yo, what's up? I'm Sammy Andeo, CPA, creator, producer, and your host of the Dominate Your Dollar podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge of money and how you can make it work for you. It is my belief that the only way we can put a stranglehold on our finances is to educate ourselves and take action. Gone are the days where you get your tax return and you wonder where all your money went. Gone are the days where you try to get into investing and give up because the jargon was way too complicated. Gone are the days where the conversation that surrounds money gives us anxiety. And gone are the days where we look at those with financial freedom and think that it will never be us. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to take control. It's time to start dictating what our financial future looks like. You are now a dollar dominator. Let's go. What is going on, guys? This is your host, Sammy and Dio. Welcome to another episode of Dominate Your Dollar. How you guys doing out there? You are going to have to excuse me this week. My I, I my allergies are really acting up today, and I hope that I don't sniff a lot while I am recording this. I'm going to try to fight through it, um, but if so, I'm just going to have to do a lot of editing. You know, that's just what it is, but uh, just wanted to kind of give that disclaimer out for everybody. So you're not annoyed. Okay. All right. So today we are going to be talking about, we are going to be doing a book review. Okay. So the book that we're going to be reviewing today is called The Index Card, Why Personal Finance Doesn't Have to Be Complicated by Helene Olin and, Her- and Harold Pollock. Okay. So I I was recommended this book and I was actually listening to a podcast about this very book. But before I get too deep into the episode, I want to get, I, I got to let you guys know. We have a Dominate Your Dollar giveaway contest, okay? So the prize for this giveaway contest is, one, a $50 gift card, and two, a signed copy of Debt Free or Die Trying, all right? Now, to enter this contest, you need to follow these steps. Step one, join the email list and become a Dollar Dominator. Go to DominateYourDollarPodcast.com and plug your email in. Step two, follow Dominate Your Dollar on Twitter at DYD Podcast, Instagram, Dominate Your Dollar, and Facebook. Just search Dominate Your Dollar and you'll find us. Step three, share the podcast on any social media platform using the hashtag Dominate Your Dollar. All right? The more shares you get into, the more the more times your name is entered into the hat. You have a maximum of five shares per week. All right? Step four, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Okay? So those are the steps. You do those steps. You will be entered into the into the contest to, in, for a chance to win a fifty dollar gift card and a signed copy of Debt Free or Die Trying by Marcus Garrett. Okay, so let's get into the episode. So, like I said before, we are doing a book review, um, and I told you guys before this book was kind of recommended to me. I was actually uh, recommended the podcast first. It was a podcast on uh, Freakonomics Radio where they were, you know, I guess they were doing like a financial series and they had this this guy, Harold, Harold Pollack on and he was saying that um, he he pretty much he pretty much realized that that personal finance doesn't have to be this big monster, doesn't have to be this this huge thing. Right. 
and he wrote his principles on how to live a really good financial life on an index card. Just just nine rules, and he wrote them all on the index card, and it was just that simple, right? You follow these nine rules, you will be well on your way to a great financial life, okay? So it doesn't have to be this complicated thing. Remember me saying that when, when we went back to the budgeting episode? doesn't have to be super detailed. doesn't have to be complex, right? A lot of people kind of shy away from trying to get their money right because they think that you have to you have to be this 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 genius when it comes to money, especially when it comes to investing as well. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. So what I'm gonna do for this book review, I'm gonna kind of go through. Um, so each so the way the book is written, each rule has its own chapter, right? I want to go through kind of like my favorite ones, you know, and and and, and the ones that kind of gave the most. Uh, the most insight, the ones I thought that were very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go, kind of go through the book, and and try to give my my take on on um what I've read. And I I really recommend that you guys pick it up on Amazon. I think it's about like eleven ninety nine, really cheap. Anyway, let's go. Index card. Why personal finance doesn't have to be complicated. All right. So the first rule that they have in the index card is. Strive to save 10 to 20% of your income. I think you guys heard me say that before, right? Saving is very, very, very important. If you guys want to review the episode on savings, go back to the marshmallow test where I compare the marshmallow experiment where they did on kids um, and how that relates to savings. But anyway, it says strive to save 20, 10 to 20% of your income. I, I cannot stress this enough. To get to the point where you are able to uh, achieve financial freedom and financial independence, saving is the way to go. If you can save at least 10% of each paycheck you have, you can look at the end of the year and see how much you have. And, and, and you'll be, you'll, you might be surprised at that number, okay? There's so many so many reasons to save. You know, like like we like I said before, there's a you can save for uh you can have an emergency fund, you can save for something that you want in the future, you can save for anything. But it's very, very important to save, right? So in the book they talk about that is like the number one rule, uh well rule number one, strive to save at least ten to twenty percent of your income. Now in this book they also have a disclaimer. Where they say that, you know, sometimes for some people it it's not possible to save 10, 20% of your income, right? So what they recommended was, okay, well, let's start somewhere, right? You can start 1% this month and then next next month you can kind of up it to 2%, 3%. You know, just, just starting somewhere is better than nothing, right? You can save something and chances are if you're saying that you cannot save somewhere chances are there are some discretionary expenses that you can cut out that you're just not willing to right so when you do your budget and you actually look at some of the things that you can try to cut out you can see that there are opportunities to save money all right so that's rule number one stop strive to save 10 to per to uh 20 percent of your income all right rule number two it says pay your credit card balance in full every month, right? Now, this t- I'm, I'm going to tell you why this is one of my um, this is one of my favorite chapters, right? Credit cards, right? We a lot of a lot of Americans are kind of conditioned to think that once we pay that minimum fee, we're good to go, right? We, we you know the bill comes in, 
it just says, hey, just pay the minimum pa- the minimum payment and you're good, right? Just pay that and you, you should be good. You're, you're on your way to great credit. A lot of people don't realize that the way they get you is that interest, right? You could pay. if The, the way that, that the minimum payment is, is pretty much calculated is, okay, how can I get this person to... How can I get this person to stay on this, uh, stay on this path of paying back this card for the longest time, right? Because the more time that you spend paying the money back, the more interest they can charge you, right? So they're gonna encourage you to pay the minimum balance, right? So if you pay the balance in full, though. You're good to go. You don't. You don't have to take it. If you pay, if you if you put something on credit and you pay the balance in full every month, one that helps your credit score a great deal, right? Because you're using it and it shows that you're trustworthy. Two, you don't have to deal with that interest because if, if the longer that it stays in, the longer the interest accrues, right? So if you're if you're putting something on credit for that month and then boom, at the back end, just paying that balance off. You're going to be in really good shape. So that's number two. Pay your credit card balance in full every month. Now, again, I realize that this may not be possible for a lot of people, right? You may have accrued so much credit card debt where you can't just pay the full balance every month, right? Well, so, but what you can do, you can pay more than the minimum than the minimum payment, right? Because the minimum payment is designed to kind of designed to kind of keep you there for longer than you need to be, right? So they can charge you with that interest. So if you can pay more than the minimum payment, you'll be in better shape and you will you will save a lot of heartache in the end where you, you're not paying as much interest as before. All right, rule number three that I, that one of my favorite rules on here is max out your 401k and other tax advantage savings account, right? So if you are working somewhere that has the 401k option, you need to make sure that you're maxing out. You need to make sure that you are, um, you know, doing the company match. You need, to, you need to make sure that you are taking advantage of that free money that they are giving you, right? You need to make sure you are maxing that out because your 65-year-old self will thank you. Right, they. Had, I remember. I remember. I seen somewhere where they did this study. Right, um, if you were to, if you were to start saving when you were 25, 25, 26, that's when most people start, uh, start working, start getting into the professional world. Right, if you were to start saving, then you will be in so much better shape. If you were to start saving when you were like maybe thirty or, you know, thirty five. 40. It like like the difference is like millions, right? Because of that compounding uh, factor, right? The more the more time and the longer time that you stay on there, the more that your money kind of grows. That compounding factor. So this is a really really important uh, rule right here. You know, again, this is something that this is something that kind of relates to back to the marshmallow test. This is something that. You're kind of delaying the gratification. And this is like the ultimate delaying of the gratification. I don't even know how I will look at 65 years old. I don't I don't think about that. But if you're starting now to uh to fund your retirement, 
I mean, if you're starting young, I'm telling you, you are going to be in way better shape than you are right now. All right. All right, rule number four. All right. Now, now we're getting into uh, some of the investing that you that I, I got a lot of questions on investing um, from from people that who have heard the podcast. So uh, this this part, we're kind of dive into it and dive in some of the philosophies that I kind of adapted myself when it comes to investing. All right. So number rule number four is never buy or sell individual stocks. Hmm. Right. Never buy or sell individual stocks. Right. So why do they say this in the book? Why do they say never buy or sell individual stocks? Right. So everybody wants to be the next Warren Buffett. Everybody wants to be the guy that 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 uh, gambles and wins big. Right. Everybody wants to be the person that says, oh, I was everybody wants to be that guy that that was the first investor of Apple. Right. These tech startups, these these companies that are going to be so big like like. A couple years ago, the big the uh, when 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 Snapchat went public, public that was huge. That was something that everybody was trying to was waiting to see, right? That's an individual stock, right? So, why do they say that you should never buy or sell individual stocks? Because there's a very good chance, a very good chance that you are not Warren Buffett, right? <laughs> yes, you're not. It's, it's it's just what it is. Like you're literally gambling if you if you if you do some type of day trading right if you just if you just continue to just buy individual stocks right so when what so this there's a concept in uh in when you come to investing called uh like risk right risk and and diversification right so i'm gonna explain what these are and so you can kind of understand why this rule is important right so Let's say I buy a stock in McDonald's, right? Buy a stock McDonald's. I own a part of that company. I'm now a part owner in that company, right? And for some reason, McDonald's gets into a scandal and the stock just plummets. All the money that I have, that and that's the only stock that I that's the only stock that I invested in. All the money that I have just went down with the company, right? The risk that I put into putting all my eggs in one basket is the risk that I just took on, right? I just put all my money or all the money I had to invest into that into that one company. And that one company ended up failing. So now all the money I had in the game, I lost, right? Now, a lot of people say diversify, right? So that your risk is kind of spread out, uh, spread out against different industry, different different companies right so if one company does just go under you're not hit that hard because you have other companies doing doing well for you right so that kind of goes into the next rule which is buy inexpensive well diversified index mutual fund and exchange traded fund now what is a mutual fund a mutual fund is a a group of of stocks and bonds, right? Stock bonds, it, it, it can be, uh, and it, it, it could be from any industry, right? So the the mutual fund, the point of the mutual fund, the point of an index mutual fund, is to kind of mimic the market, right? I know you guys heard of the the S P five hundred, uh, the Dow Jones, things of that nature. Those are index, uh, funds that kind of, that kind of mimic where the market is, right? So the reason why these are uh, are a safer route than you buying individual stocks because 
studies have been showing that the the stock the the index stock the stock market as a whole always grows right it's always going at a rate it's always going up right so if you were to if you were to buy a a mutual fund that kind of mimics the the overall stock market you will be in a way better place than just just investing in individual stocks right if you invest in individual stocks, you're basically gambling, and you're basically your odds are very low that you can just hit the hit the you know the mega will the mega millions like the jackpot right or the lottery. It, the odds are very low, but with index mutual funds, if you buy and hold, you can see a steady growth over time. So if you do want to invest, index mutual funds and exchange traded funds are the way to go because. You, right with these funds, you're playing the long game. You're not playing. You're not. You're not being emotionally uh, kind of swayed with. Oh, this is a shiny new company. Let me invest in that. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me sell. Oh, this company's going down. Let me sell. Right. A lot of investing is very emotional. Right. When you when you when you see the stock plummeting, when you see that that you want you you have this this feeling in you to 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 to, to sell. Right. Or when 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 this, this this company comes out is new, it's shiny, it looks great. You have this 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 feeling you want you want to buy, right? But you have to understand with that type of trading, there's always a winner and there's always a loser. Every time, always a winner. It's always somebody somebody buying and somebody selling, right? So the person who and and no, nobody really the the person who really wins is the person who's doing. The uh the actual trading right the person who the brokerage firms right because there's a fee every time you trade whether you win whether it doesn't matter how the stock performs there's a there's a fee for trading there's a fee for buying and selling right so those those people who are who are helping you facilitate that sale they are the ones that are actually willing because whether or not the stock goes up or down. You still have to pay the fee for 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 making that transaction, right? So these are the only people who are winning in this situation. That that's why that's why selling buying and selling individual stock, you're putting yourself in a lose situation. Whereas if you buy and hold in an index mutual fund, which is very diversified, you'll be in a bit better position. Okay. So I hope that I hope I hope that 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 really uh, is is understandable. Uh, I, if not, please let me know, and I and uh, you know I, I go into investing in a lot more detail, and I kind of break it down so that you guys can really understand it. But I try to really make it where it's understandable, right? Because investing can be really can be really kind of um, intimidating. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I I know it can be because I'm one of those people who kind of look at shows like Mad Money and be like, what is he talking about? It's just too fast, right? <laughs> so this book really breaks down kind of like the uh, the 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 fault in following following uh you know people like Jim Cramer or feeling you know people people that kind of think they they can beat the market because they're so smart, right? The market is is. You're not Miss Cleo, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just predict it. It's so unpredictable where no one can really by themselves beat the market, right? So and so these 
people who kind of sell you these things like I can predict the market. I'm smart. I'm this. I'm that. It's very, it's very not likely that they can. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be wary of that, um, of that type of person, which kind of goes into the next rule in there is to make sure your is the next rule, which is rule number six, is make your financial advisor commit to the fiduciary standard, right? Now, this chapter is pretty important because I think it's very, very, uh, I guess, standard to think that your financial advisor, your CPA, your people who are helping you out with your financial life are automatically uh, recommending product that is in your best interest. You know, so but this is not always the case, right? Remember before I was talking about how people... Uh, like to sell you the idea that they can beat the market, that they are the smart one, right? That they are the ones that 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 know all, right? That if you're working with them, it's a privilege because that you know they they can help you triple uh, your income, right? You need to make sure that they're not selling to you to help their bottom line. They're selling to you so to really help you, right? They're they're selling you financial product that will really Look at your situation and give you the best um, option for you to prosper in the end. A lot of times in this financial industry, you are, you will meet people who are just trying to reach their bottom line, get their uh, commission sales up. So you need to make sure that they, they commit to the fiduciary standard, which means that they are looking out for your best interest. Okay, so this is what that chapter is all about. I really um, think that chapter is is important. Because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people think feel like they need a financial advisor. And that's, that's okay. You just need to make sure they are looking out for your best interest. It's like, you know, if you want to get in shape, you, um, you know, you get you get to a fitness coach, right? The same thing with financial advisory, right? You need to make sure that that person is um, looking out for your best interest, right? You don't want to, you don't want to, if you go back to fitness, you don't want to have a, um, a fitness coach that is going to sell you the most expensive protein shake just because it's going to help his bottom line, right? Who or who's going to tell you, oh, do this program, do this uh, Pilates program because you know it's going to help him, right? But if it's not, if you don't need that Pilates program, you don't need that. I don't know whatever um, fitness program, but he's just selling it to you because it's the most expensive one. That's not helping you. You know what I'm saying? So you need to make sure that you are. When you, if you are, if you do need a financial advisor, that they are committing to the fiduciary standard. Okay, so those are a few of my favorite uh, chapters. I kind of just went through one through six. Um, there are some other. There are some more uh, finance tips, finance uh, rules that you can you can uh, follow in this book that are very useful. And as you can see, they're pretty simple. You know, you know, it, it's it, like literally this person just. Voted on a on a index card and then posted it online and it went viral, right? And um, this book is pretty much a a you know expounding on those facts, um, expounding on those principles. So if you guys like that, I, w- I want you guys to go ahead and go ahead and check out that book, man. It's called the Index Card: Why Personal Finance Doesn't Have to Be Complicated, right? Um, I think it was v- I think it was very helpful. I think it really kind of breaks down personal finance and it, and it really it really is is why i started this podcast right because again you this personal finance doesn't have to be this big monster you can 
break it down into simple parts that works for you. Okay. So if you like that, you know, and you want to hear more about more, more money topics, you, you have a certain money topic that you want to hear about, email me at sammy at dominateyourdollarpodcast.com. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me, give me some feedback, right? Uh, you can follow me at DYD Podcast on Twitter. You can follow uh, Dominate Your Dollar on IG. And please make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review if you are really, uh, if you really like this podcast and you really are getting a lot from it, okay? And share with your homie. All right, you guys have a good one.